Good morning, church. Uh, I am glad to gather with you today at a distance over a screen. I was just noticing I, I logged into the Facebook live stream when, I, when Mr. Dave started the kids' lesson, and then I jumped over to the YouTube live stream uh, when Wayne was giving his announcements. And I was thinking about worshiping in two different live streams, and it's kind of like the the stage left side of the sanctuary and the stage right side of the sanctuary and different people sitting in different sides of the sanctuary. And I, I wonder if, um, you know how people come in every week and they tend to sit in the same section, in the same row, and in the same seat uh, week after week. I wonder if, if you're kind of like that where you, you log into the same live stream feed uh, week after week. It's just kind of interesting and uh, and so, I don't know, it's just something funny to think about. But we're going to be in Psalm chapter 6 today. And uh, as you are finding that, let me just give you a moment of uh, transparency. This lockdown has been difficult. It's been challenging. It's been hard for me personally, and I've struggled. Uh, there have been times over the last few weeks where I've found myself sort of uh, in, a, in a moment of darkness, in a moment of doubt. I love our church. I love you. And I, I love doing ministry and preaching God's word. And I, I love caring for people and praying for people and, and seeing people. And with all the, the restrictions and the social distancing guidelines and the, and the mask gathering bans and everything that's going on, there have been times in the last couple of months when I've really wondered what is in the future for our church? What lies ahead for Lakeview Church? How do we be the church in this context, in this environment? How do I shepherd people? How do I pastor this congregation? How do we lead this church through this crisis? And, and what does the future hold? And sometimes that uh, has been a challenge and there have been some low points where I've hit a wall in the last few weeks. It's not all been easy. Now, I believe that uh, God has better things for us. I think that he is leading us to a promised land. He's calling us into something deeper than we've ever had before. Uh, He's calling us into a deeper walk with him than what we've known previously. And I'm excited about that promised land. I'm excited about the power that he's going to display. I'm excited about how he's strengthening our faith, how he's deepening our roots in him. But as, as exciting as that future is, right now in the wilderness, it's hard. It's not always easy. And that's one reason why I wanted to do a series through the Psalms. The book of Psalms is a great book to turn to when your heart is not at rest. Whether it's fear or anxiety, whether it's depression or despair, whether it's frustration or anger, uh, fear of the unknown, uncertainty about the future, whatever emotions are stirring up in you, the book of Psalms is a great place to turn in those moments of disquiet in your heart. There have been so many times when I've been in a moment of unrest and I open the Psalms and whatever I'm reading in the Psalms, whether it was written by David or Solomon or some other psalmist, the emotion that's expressed in that psalm in that moment so perfectly mirrors the emotion that's raging in my heart at that moment. And I find this strength and this solace in God's word 
So I would encourage you to, to turn to the book of Psalms consistently throughout this pandemic. But we're going to specifically be looking at Psalm chapter 6 this morning. And, and Psalm 6 is a psalm that was written by King David, and it is a psalm of lament. Last week we looked at a psalm of hope. This week we're looking at a psalm of lament. So what is lament? Well, Concise Oxford English Dictionary says that lament is a passionate expression of grief. It's when your heart is ripped wide open and you are feeling this sorrow and this loss and this grief and you just pour out that grief in some way. That's what lament is. And that's what Psalm 6 is. David is passionately expressing his grief in this psalm. And I think Psalm 6 is particularly relevant for us today because not only is Psalm 6 a psalm of lament, but the reason why David was pouring out his grief to God is because he was sick. David had had contracted some illness and he was desperately sick. He was on death's doorstep. He was not too far from his life ending because of this illness that he had contracted. And so he picks up his pen and he pours out his grief. He passionately expresses his sorrow to the Lord about his sickness and he asks God for rescue. And so uh, Psalm 6 is particularly relevant. It's a sickbed lament. And one of the commentaries I read this week said that the Psalms conceived on the sickbed are marked by a profound emotion for though they contain the words of the living they are haunted by the shadow of dying i think we'll see that in psalm 6 and i think that captures a lot of where we're at right now in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic so this is psalm 6 and as we read it i want us to keep this question in mind how should we lament during seasons of struggle How should we passionately express our grief to God in the middle of the wilderness? Psalm 6 gives us a a framework for how to do that in an appropriate way. And so let's read it together. Psalm 6, how should we lament to God? Psalm 6 will teach us. Let's start with verse 1. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Away from me, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. This is the word of the Lord. This is Psalm 6, a psalm of lament. And it teaches us how we can passionately express our grief to God. What's the right way to do that? And I think Psalm 6 shows us that humble courage and painful honesty lead to enduring trust in God. 
humble courage and painful honesty lead to enduring trust in God. As we think about lamenting during this season, let's think of those three things, humble courage, painful honesty, and enduring trust. Let's look at each one of those. If we're going to lament and pour out our hearts to the Lord, the first thing is this, how do we do it? We come to God with humble courage. We approach our Father in meekness and in confidence. You say meekness and confidence don't seem to go together. Humility and courage don't always fit together, but they do in the Psalms and they do in our lives as well. David does this. As he comes to God to pour out his heart to the Lord, he approaches God in a posture of humility. Look at verses one and two. He says, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. See, David is the greatest king in the land. He's the, the king of Israel. He's the, the greatest, most powerful person in all of the land. And yet he approaches God in a posture of humility because he understands that he's coming before a greater power. He's coming before a greater king, the king of the universe. And so he comes in humility because he understands that he's a sinner. And that's why he asks God not to discipline him in his wrath because David is a sinner and our sin separates us from God. So David recognizes not only is God a greater king than I am, but I'm not even worthy to approach him because I have sinned against him. I am not in right standing with this great king. So he approaches God in an appropriate posture of humility. And yet, he also comes with great courage. Because he knows that not only is he a, uh, is he a sinner not worthy, that, that might be true, but God also loves him deeply and intimately. So he balances humility with courage in this passage and, and looks, look at the way he talks to God in verse three. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Turn and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? See, David talks to God with a, a pretty good amount of courage. He basically says, look, God, don't forget who you are. You're the God of unfailing love. You're the God who made a covenant with me to, to extend my, uh, my descendants and their throne forever and ever. You're the God that made all these promises. Are you gonna let those promises die? How long is this gonna go on, God? And, and furthermore, I'm sick, and if I die, who's gonna praise you? No, dead men don't praise the Lord. So if I die, who's gonna lead the nation of Israel to worship the Lord their God? He's, he's talking pretty boldly to the Lord. Pretty courageously, he balances humility with courage because even though he's a sinner, he understands that God loves him deeply. And I think that speaks into our lives too. Like David, we are sinners. You're a sinner and I'm a sinner. We've sinned by nature and by choice and our sin separates us from a holy God. So we, we don't have any standing with God. We can't come before God. We don't, we're not worthy. We haven't earned the right to even be in his presence, to even speak to him, let alone stand before him and voice a complaint and ask him to change our circumstances. We haven't earned that. Our sin has separated us from him. We can't uh, arrogantly and proudly shake our fist at heaven and say, you know, God, what kind of God are you that you would allow this coronavirus to come? I don't deserve this. Actually, we do. 
We don't deserve anything better than what we're getting. In fact, if you're hearing this message right now, you're already getting better than you deserve because you're breathing. And every breath that we breathe is a gift of God's grace and mercy because our sin has separated us from him and the wages of sin is death. So God's giving us more than we deserve by allowing us to be alive So we come to God with great humility, understanding that we're not worthy to approach him. We have no standing of our own on which to voice our lament. But that's exactly why we don't come to God on our own standing. I don't come to God because I've earned the right to come to God. I don't ask for him to fix this situation because of who I am and what I've done and in my name. We come to God through Jesus Christ. We come to God in his place and in his standing because of what he has done for us. See, Jesus took my place on the cross and died my death so that I could have his place with the Father. I don't have to come to God on my own standing. I come to God in the standing of Christ, in the righteousness of Christ that has been credited to my account because I didn't have any righteousness of my own. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. It's not some magical formula or incantation. Oh, say a few words, ask something, and then in Jesus' name and poof, it will be done. That's not how it works. And and neither is it some dead tradition or ritual that we just end our prayers with this formula in Jesus' name that doesn't really mean anything. When we pray in Jesus' name, we are praying in his place as his Uh, as his children because God has adopted us into his family through Christ now we pray as one of his sons or one of his daughters just like Jesus we pray because of what Christ has done and in his authority and in his place and in his name that's what Hebrews chapter 4 Uh, teaches us look at hebrews 4 verses 14 uh, through 16 says therefore since we have such a great high priest who has ascended into heaven jesus the son of god let us hold firmly to the faith we we profess for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin and here's the key verse 16 Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We come with humility because we recognize that we don't deserve to be there, but we come with confidence because Jesus Christ has purchased our right to be there with his own blood. He understands our weakness. He understands our struggle. He understands our pain. And he has bought our place with the Father through his sacrifice on the cross. So we come with courage and confidence and humility. And that's the first step to praying a lament, to come to God with humble courage. The second point is this. If we're going to lament, we open up to God with painful honesty. Bear your soul to the Father with complete vulnerability. Come to him with humble courage. Open up to him with painful honesty. Back in Psalm 6, David is painfully honest with his condition. Look at verse 6. He says, I am worn out from my groaning. 
All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. (laughs) Basically, he's saying this, I'm crying myself to sleep every night. You can imagine that statement coming from the greatest king and the greatest warrior in Israel's history. I mean, this is King David. He's not a wimp. This is the guy that when he was 9, 10, 11 years old was watching his father's flock and a bear came out and grabbed a sheep and he went after the bear with nothing but a stick and a sling and he killed the bear. And then a lion came out and grabbed one of the sheep and he went after the lion. Imagine your 11-year-old kid going after a lion with nothing but a stick and a sling and a rock and he kills the lion. Then he's in probably 8th or ninth grade, that age, and and he goes to the battle and he faces down the greatest uh, enemy that Israel faced, the giant Goliath, with nothing but a stick and a sling, and he kills Goliath. You imagine your 13 or 14-year-old kid doing that? David's not a wimp. He's not a weakling. And yet he says, I cry myself to sleep every night. I wonder if we are as honest as that with ourselves. I wonder if we'd be willing to admit that things are not okay. When David is telling God this, he's not telling God anything that God doesn't already know. He says, I cry myself to sleep every night, and God says, yeah, I know. (laughs) I've been there. I've been seeing that. David's being honest with himself in the presence of his father. He is being brutally honest to admit to himself that things are not okay, that that he's scared, that he's struggling, that he's afraid to die. He's admitting that to himself in the presence of God. And I wonder if we do that. Sometimes the most difficult person to be honest with is yourself. And we like to put on a a plastic face and a big smile and pretend like everything's a-okay. But you know what? Everything's not a-okay. This pandemic is hard. The shutdowns are hard. People are struggling. People are suffering. And sometimes the most difficult thing to do is to admit to ourselves that it's not okay. But it's not okay. I was listening to uh, one of my favorite pastors to podcast, Crawford Loritz, this week. And he was preaching from Deuteronomy chapter 8. And he uh, highlighted this verse, Deuteronomy 8, 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you. He's talking to the nation of Israel, Moses is, and he says, remember that God brought you into the wilderness to humble you, to show you that you need God, to show you how dependent you are upon him. I think that is Very true of us. God has brought us into this wilderness to humble us, to show us, you know what? I am not in control. It is not up to me. If there's one thing we're learning from this pandemic, it's this. I don't have control over this world. I don't have control over my own life. It's not up to me. God is humbling me. It's not up to me. It's not up to the governor. It's not up to the president. It's not up to anybody. We can't control this pandemic. We have to realize our low position. We have to humble ourselves and let God be God. Crawford Loritz said, God doesn't come to us because of our strengths and our successes. He draws near because of our weakness. 
and because of our dependence on him. We ought to come out of this pandemic not strutting, but limping. Because we've recognized we are broken people. We don't have it all together. We can't do it on our own. Some people have said that faith in God is a crutch. Give me two crutches. Because I'd rather humbly limp into and hobble into eternity with Christ than stand on my own two feet apart from God and think that I'm something I'm not. God has brought us into this wilderness to humble us and it's time that we be honest with ourselves and admit that things are not okay. It's okay to not be okay. Call up a brother or a sister in Christ in your church family and be real with them. Admit your struggling, admit your anger and your frustration, admit your fear and your anxiety and your worry and your depression and your despair and pray together and turn to God's word together and be strengthened. And that brings me to the third point of this passage this morning. If we're going to lament and pour out our grief to God in a passionate expression, we come to him with humble courage. We open up to him with painful honesty. And the third one is this. We receive from God enduring trust. We allow the Father to strengthen our faith. Look at the, the shift in tone back in Psalm 6 from verse 7 to verse 8. See, all the way up until verse 7, David is crying himself to sleep every night. He's pouring out his heart to the, to the Lord. He's, uh, you know, he's failing. His eyes are failing. He's crying. He's just a mess. And then in verse 8, everything changes. He says, Away from me, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. <laughs> wow, mood swing, right? David has poured out his heart to the Lord and the Lord has answered him. Now, did God immediately step in and heal him of that sickness right away? No, he had to recover but in the midst of his grief, in the midst of his lament, God spoke to him. He experienced the strengthening presence of his Lord. God encouraged him. God heard his prayer. And I want you to know, God hears your prayers. The God that created the universe, this vast expanse, the God that knows the trillions and trillions of stars, each one by name, the God that manages all 7.5 billion human beings that are alive on this planet right now, that God knows you personally, individually. He knows every thought in your mind. He knows every emotion in your heart. He knows every desire and motivation that you have. He hears every word you speak and he hears every prayer. He hears you, he knows you, he loves you, and he will respond to you. When you come before him with humble courage and you're painfully honest with him, he speaks back. He will give you a greater faith and enduring trust. God is responding in this time of crisis. He is moving and he is working. Uh, if you pay attention to Christian news, you see that hundreds of thousands of people are putting their faith in Christ during this pandemic all over the world. 
And not only that, but he's moving and he's working right here in our own church family. I got this uh, story just this week from someone in our congregation. They said this, one of my friend's son-in-law was admitted to the hospital on March 28 with COVID-19. He was placed on a ventilator on April 1st. A decision was made a few days ago to take him off the ventilator and give him palliative care as he was not recovering. The doctors had no hope. They were preparing his obituary and making final arrangements. Fast forward to this morning. This was earlier in the week. He became lucid and is making great strides. He no longer tests positive for COVID. His temp is down and they are thinking he will be able to go home with his wife and kids in a few days. This is a miracle. Yes, it is. God is working, God is moving, God is responding. When we cry out to him, he answers. Does that mean that everybody's going to be healed like this man was? No. But whatever you're facing, whatever question you have, whatever fear you have, when you cry out to God, he will give you the strength to endure because he is with you. This morning, are you struggling to trust God? Are you feeling like your faith is being tested? Do you sometimes wonder if God has forgotten about you? Where is he? What is he doing? Are you wrestling with doubt and fear? If any of those statements describe you, and all of those statements have described me at some point in the last two months, if any of those statements describe you, then I want to share with you 1 Peter 5, 7. A friend of mine sent me this verse recently, and it speaks to us today. Cast all your anxiety on him, for he cares for you. God cares for you. Whether it's fear, whether it's anger, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's worry, whether it's being sick or losing your job, whatever it is that you're struggling with, cast all of your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Run to the Father. He's standing here with his arms open and he says, come to me and I'll pick you up and I'll hold you tight and I will whisper in your ear, it's going to be okay. God's got this. So bring it all to him. Run to the Father. There's a song right now that's popular on the radio called Run to the Father. And we're going to sing it in just a minute. But I wanted to share with you the lyrics to the chorus before we do. Look how great these words are and how Closely they fit Psalm 6. I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. I'm done with the hiding. I'm done pretending to be okay when I'm not. I'm done with faking it. Fake it till you make it doesn't work for me anymore. I'm done with white knuckling my way through life. I'm going to run to the Father again and again and again and again. Every time the fear spikes, every time the doubt arises, every time the pain hurts, I'm going to run to the Father with humble courage, with painful honesty, and receive from Him enduring trust. Let's sing that song.